4: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 456. How come we don't go regular show? (laughs) It's a good question. (laughs) I'm just asking.
0: After 456, these are things that... I think we should be blurting out, we're starting on time.
3: We wouldn't say it very often. (laughs) yeah.
0: So people wouldn't get sick of it, I'll tell you that. (laughs)
3: That's true. Well, welcome in, everyone. Of course, just wrapping up a Beaver State Fling weekend. We'll be talking to our FPO champion, Jennifer Allen. She is currently, as we speak, this very moment, she told me she is on hole 15. She's out practicing for the Age-Protected Masters, the Tim Selinsky U.S. Masters that's taking place out in Eugene, Oregon. She's currently out practicing at the moment. I said, take your time, get your practice in, and whenever you have a moment to join us, she will jump in and does, uh, hop on and talk with us.
0: Does Jen have an Age-Protected Masters win? Uh, in major. I'm a major? No. She's got, okay.
3: Not a, not a major that I know of because she has, as she admitted... And that's why I say this. As she admitted she has to run up against the buzzsaw that is uh, Owen Scoggins. She took Owen down this weekend. <laughs> I know. So, but. Uh, but she she had said it on Saturday evening uh, in our Saturday after our interview during this weekend and said that she's not thinking too far ahead. And she also knows that going to be a place like uh, the Masters, the Tim Selinsky, is where she's going to also run into Owen And she knows Owen has traditionally owned her. <laughs> For lack of a better phrase, uh, at a lot of the events. So, own, of course, with a couple of her major championships. I, I you know, now I feel terrible because I feel like I should be triple checking because it sounds weird that Jen doesn't, but I don't believe. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a double check right here uh, to confirm if she she has wins in M in well, of course. FP40, certainly of course.
0: in almost every level.
3: Uh, but I don't. Uh, excuse me. Let's go here.
0: Make sure to Oh, up.
3: yeah. So there you go. So I was good. Good thing I did double check. Yeah, I was dead wrong. She does have the U.S. women's. See, when I'm not in an event, sometimes I lose track <laughs> of these things. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. What year she was that? She won the 2022 U.S. women's. Oh. See, I keep thinking Owen has won everything. Fair or <laughs> not? I do honestly Harsh. like I, I Well, I mean, Owen's good. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, yes, because Jen won in the playoff. How could we not be thinking about that right Jen won in the playoff over Des. no she won handedly over melody what what am I getting myself confused with
0: I don't know but she has a major win that's <laughs> really what we, oh she's got two major wins
3: yeah congratulations yeah so shows you what we know the Tim Selinsky she won in 2021 and now it's going to uh, Jennifer. That's the one she took in the playoff on hole one, I believe over Des Redding. Yes. And own Scoggins one stroke behind them. All right. Good. Well, now that I'm we got, that I cleared. can correct all my own mistakes uh, all day long here. This is going to be a long podcast. If we're going to do that. Oh, Good Lord. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, Jen Allen's going to be joining us whenever it's convenient for her to check in with us. Uh, so with that, Where do you want to start? You want to start on BSF MPO stuff? Do you want to start with other other, uh, A-tiers and such? What do you want to do here, Johnny? Let's start with the
0: Beaver State Fling MPO side. That's what everyone wants to talk about. Eagle McMahon under control. Three strokes over Andrew Presnell. Uh, Eagle shot in 11 down final round to just kind of seal it up. It was I don't want to say it was decided after about nine holes, but there was almost no coming back at that point unless he really had a A meltdown, we'll put it that way. But uh, congratulations to Eagle on your first place at the Beaver State Fling. His very first silver win. And his very first silver
3: tournament. That much I didn't realize. Isn't it crazy to think, again, when you're... And I know we just had this discussion about OWN. Jenna Allen's won over, what, 200 Mm -hmm. events total in her career. Eagle, of course, we've seen him do what he's done over the course of his career, dating back to 2013, 2014, that time frame. It's easy to lose track of, like, oh, oh, he's never played a Silver Series? Which is, I mean, if you think about
0: it, it's not outrageous because he got hurt, and then they introduced Silver Silver Series back in the day. Um, So he really took a lot of time off, and then he just kind of, Played a little bit when he needed to, just enough, so to speak, in order to, I don't want to say stay relevant, because Eagle's going to be relevant for a long time, but he just never played a silver event, didn't find any need to, apparently.
3: Yeah, and, and I, I was just going to say, it's not that crazy for the reason you just mentioned. A lot of our our most upper echelon players don't need, so to speak. No, they don't need them, they don't but need... most do
0: play to get the points, because the Pro Tour quote-unquote, and I'm going to put that in quotes, requires you to play three events. Or you can accumulate points out of three events this year. It was two in the past. So, like this weekend, the Discraft event has, it's almost a full lineup at the Cascade Challenge. Other than your Paul and I think there's, and Calvin, I, I don't believe, is playing this weekend. So, anyway, Eagle McMahon wins over Andrew Presnell and Calvin Heimberg, both at 28. Gannon Burr at 26, fifth place, course record. Almost shot as many down as he is years old. <laughs> Carter Aarons shoots a 12 under, he's only 15. So, you know, if he just he just needed to clean up a few more shots to reach that age. I think anytime you can reach your age, <laughs> it's probably
3: good. Yeah. I I would say so. You're 10, you shoot a 10 under? That's right. You're 14, you shoot a 14 under and You're 17 or 18? Yeah. I mean, Uh, just
0: if you can hit your age, you're golden. Yes. Congratulations, Carter, on a great, great weekend. Fifth place, tied with Nicholas Antela. And in seventh place, there's a tie with Nico and Aaron Gossage. Aaron Gossage, who's really starting to come back onto the scene. Um, Not that he was gone, he just wasn't playing well enough for us to talk about him. But now it seems like he's really starting to kind of warm that up. Uh, And tied for ninth was Jakob. And Chandler Fry. So congratulations to your top 10 at the Beaver State Fling. Uh, As Mo had called it, it is a silver in name alone. Because everybody wants to play, it feels like. And it's just a beloved event. I wonder if that's going to change at all with the course changes. It felt like it was beloved because you had Milo East and West. Or is it just the park? itself, if you put together this great gold course, are the players still going to love to play it because of all the extra stuff, going into the river, rafting, all these things that kind of surround the beaver state that a lot of people don't necessarily see unless you're there? Is it still going to be as beloved?
3: Yeah, I. there's just so much to be said about the property and... We've said it for now a decade that when people talk about their favorite course or their favorite tournament, Beaver State Fling is always in the top three, top five, sometimes even their act, they're literally their favorite place or tournament or place to play. And I don't think that's going to change in the sense that, you know, there's been 36 holes that have been played out there. That's now trimmed down to 18, 18 holes for this layout that we played this weekend. Everything else about it feels the same. In fact, some people might feel a tad relieved in the sense that, and this is going to blow some minds, for the longest time, the Beaver State Fling operated as an opening round on Friday morning. I'll just say east course. Then on Friday afternoon, you would switch. You'd go to the west course, play 18 different holes there. Then you'd just play one on Saturday and then one on Sunday. That was a very standard protocol for how the Beaver State Fling got played all the way up until just a couple of years ago. And as you can imagine, like that almost sounds crazy today, only for the fact that we just never see two rounds of golf barring a rain delay. We never see two rounds of golf get played in a single day anymore. But that used to be a standard, and I know a lot of you are, are newer. And I I feel like even pushing back on that, that that protocol that the Beaver State Fling had really uh, ad- adopted and had went with for many years. I, I'm guessing there was even a little bit of a give and take and pushback in terms of changing that up mm-hmm. to then be more in line with the the silver event. I th- yeah, and I think to be a silver, you
0: have to. You you can't – They not that they won't let you, but they probably won't let you – yeah. Um it would require quite a bit of well there's uh, so many other media. arm twisting
3: yeah, and there's so many there's obviously there's so many other media considerations, and then you're talking about how many people are on courses, then you're talking about contingency plans mm-hmm. like it just it creates so much more uh hubbub, so to speak, there's so much more that goes into it when you're dealing with those kinds of situations, so I think people love being at milo you you pull into Milo and you take this long kind of windy road all the way down until you're at one of the three or four different disc golf parking lots and just even the, the beautiful sights that you're driving by and everything about it. Once you get there and you arrive and then you see these huge majestic trees, these perfectly carved fairways. I don't think any of that's going to change for a lot of people out there uh, whatsoever. And then clearly and maybe you'd know more than I would in the sense that I didn't watch literally one minute of the weekend because I was out there walking around. It sounds as if this cellular signal is good, not great. It's
0: good, correct. There are spots. There were a few spots that got a little bit fuzzy at times, maybe a little bit pixelated. And I noticed it. I didn't watch a lot of MPO. I watched mostly FPO. I caught the end of the final round at MPO. I think I turned it on with uh nine holes, eight or nine holes to go, put it on in the background while my family was playing uh board games. From what I during those nine holes, I didn't notice a lot of issue. Now, I wonder if this gold layout hits a couple of like the best spots. Now, two to three years ago, there were no best spots. It was all trash. Yeah. So between the new equipment and probably advances in cellular in the area, we can now put out at least 18 holes of Beaver State. A little bit of the early word that I had heard was there were two spots that they were really concerned about. I forget, I'm not exactly sure which course it was or which, whatever, but there were two holes that they were really kind of looking out for. And we did notice that, there were times when they called on Terry that it just would cut out. We'd get every other word or mm. just we wouldn't hear you because there are different cell providers in each different backpack. You're carrying a backpack. So sure. the cell providers and your backpack actually has less... It's a smaller version. It has less modems than some Somebody's
3: of Somebody's trying to put baby in a corner. They are trying
0: it. to put you in a corner, Terry. <laughs> and so that's why... Because people were like, well, what's going on with Terry? His is only audio. How come, we can't hear, how come we can't hear him? But we're getting really good video out of these. Different modems, different number of modems, different locations. Everything plays. Diff- Terry could have been closer to a bunch of people. Who knows? But that's the reason. So with the new equipment and all these modems, they were able to get out a pretty good quality event. And something that I didn't think would happen for another couple of years. So I, I was happy. Yeah, what it
3: was. Uh, and again, when I am in the the on the course for the weekend, more than ever, I see see or hear of of almost no feedback mm-hmm. whatsoever in terms of how things were. So, uh, good to hear that. Uh, f- and, unless somebody can tell us otherwise, good to hear that for the most part everything went well. I know that one of the other considerations was to possibly uh, lower the uh, resolution in which we were putting it mm-hmm. out. Uh, in order to help with the signal. If it's broadcast, for instance, in a, in a 720 versus a 1080, obviously that's a lot less strain on the actual Yeah, broadcast. I don't know.
0: I didn't ask anyone in the control room if they... Uh, because there's a few places you can do that. You can send the camera signals at 720, have our system then upscale it to 1080p, which, whatever, and then send it out. Or if uh, the cameras... Or we could do it on our side as well. The cameras send... 720, we send out 720, but from what I saw, the broadcast was being put out in 1080. Now, wh- whether the cameras were sending us 1080 is a whole different question. Uh, that was a discussion as well, because 720 versus 1080, you're sending less pixels, less information. It's going to be, uh, quote unquote, better. And honestly, I, I know people are going to like scream and yell at this. Odds are you can't, you can't tell the difference between 720 and ten 10- and 1080
3: depending on what you're watching on, especially, yeah, right with with this type I mean, of broadcast on an eighty five inch you... TV, maybe no, on a... not
0: with not with our broadcast, not at the bitrate that it's at. You won't notice a difference. So the now you would notice a difference between thirty and sixty frames per second. That's pretty obvious. But I think with what we're doing, you're really not going to notice. It's going to be very difficult to notice 720 and 1080, maybe on an 85-inch screen, maybe. I'll give that's you that. That's what I say. You're watching it on, but, a,
3: telephone or on a telephone. But, yeah, if you're phone. watching
0: it on a mobile device, which I think 60% of the people are watching, is the last statistics I saw, something around those lines, watching it on a on a phone, you will not notice the difference.
3: Yeah. So either way, uh, and to answer a, a very legitimate question that's come in that kind of does tie into all of this, which is, uh, you know, is cell... Is, is maybe the format and the sell signal all part of why we've seen this as a silver event? Is there a chance for it to become an elite event? Uh, I, I pull Johnny Norai, uh pull none of those strings, make any of those decisions. They're well above our pay grade, but I, I, I wouldn't have a problem um, assuming that we're going to see this be an elite series event at some point, if not next year.
0: They'll go back and look at the quality of the broadcast. And if the quality of the broadcast is good enough, and then they obviously, there's a thousand other things they need to consider. Uh, yes. It's, but that is the that is like the, for the DGPT, that's, that's kind of the number one thing. Look at the broadcast. Can it be done well? If so, then they start talking about moving it up. But as we know, just ask Drew Gibson. It comes to payouts.
3: It does. And that's what I was
0: just going to counter because that and
3: say the the, 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 the very even before fundraise, even before signal can be asked or, or uh, assessed, the event has to want to get mm. themselves to an elite event, which means they also ha- want to add, I think, double. I think they need to double the I don't have the numbers in front of me at the moment. I, I could try and look them up. I think that you have to have 15,000 added to be a silver event. 15,000 added cash. That's unofficially I talked to someone tonight who should know. Okay. So if he gave me bad info, that's on him. Cuz he should know. He he I'll, I'll unofficially quote him at 15,000. I believe a DGPT elite event needs to add 30,000. And or, let me let me yeah, also go back that and say right. an A tier Has to have what five or 7,500, either 5,000 or 7,500, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, as a silver event, you already have to do at least double, if not triple, the minimum requirement to be an A tier. You're already doing that. And then, when you're going from a silver event to an elite event, you have to again then double that added cash. So it starts there, but it could be the best signal on the planet. But if the event team says, hey, we cannot find $30,000 to add to the purse, to get this to be uh at, you know even in question for an elite event it starts with the payout and then very like 1a right below payout can you get there the very next question is you know the the, the caliber and quality of this the mm-hmm. signal and it would be difficult because we we currently have a portland
0: event that is a elite series that i can't see People complain about Texas enough, and I know this is the Pacific Northwest, there would be less complaining. I don't know if I could see two Oregon events as Elite Series so close I mean, they would have to be close together because no one's coming back and forth. But being two to three weeks apart, I don't I don't know. Maybe they were maybe they'd be fine with that. Maybe they wouldn't. I, I just or maybe they have to because I'll tell you what, it's probably very difficult to fundraise for two events. Like that, you've got you are pulling at probably the same people that are looking to sponsor events, and you're both trying to pull uh twenty thirty thousand dollars out of that area. Very difficult. Maybe I could see a back and forth year. One year it's Beaver State, one year it's the Portland Open, and maybe they go back and forth, flip flopping. But I. I who knows? Again, that's a that's a whole nother year away. That's a huge step, but there are definitely some logistical issues about having two events so close to each other.
3: Uh, and I'll I'll add on to that. Not only do are you talking about from a fundraising perspective, which may or may not then talk about different sponsors that could happen. So Beaver State Fling, for instance, has uh, had Innova this year as their title sponsor. Mm-hmm. You know, does that then? Is it more or less appealing for Innova to try and be involved with the next event, or is that the opportunity when – isn't it Latitude 64? That's the Portland – I feel like there was a press release – tells you what I read. I think there was a press release a few weeks ago saying Latitude 64 is the title sponsor for Portland Open for that the next right. two years. That sounded, that sounds familiar. Yeah, oh, I also thought I was right when I talked about Jen Allen earlier, so mm. that tells you. Uh, but anyway, point being, yeah, the fundraising perspective, as you just said, so being having that money, then just like they're experiencing throughout this entire swing right now, there's also a, a, a volunteer base and a manpower and woman power mm. consideration. That was one of the big... Challenges is that when the schedule came out and people talking about being in Oregon, which everyone's excited about, Pacific Northwest, yada, yada, yada. Tim Selinski Masters Cup is going on this weekend. Or Tim Selinsky U.S. Masters going on this weekend. And so now you're talking about three consecutive weekends. And now that's a little bit of a of an anomaly. It's not obviously held here every year. But just the fact that there are three consecutive weekends, think about your 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 volunteer base. Who are these people that can come out and be part? You got to think about spotters, you scores, all these other volunteers that are doing a million things. Now you're talking about three weekends. The the masters I event.
0: Tim, I don't know if Tim Selinsky is on UDisc. I think that's going to uh, the the, the, but, the masters
3: event is is going to be at least four days. Mm-hmm. So you're talking a Thursday through Sunday. You're talking about a ton of volunteers needed, and and. Uh, you know, hopefully being involved in some capacity. You're talking about Portland being a four day event and you're talking about BSF being, and that's just those actual days of play. Then you're talking about prep work, breakdown, blah, blah, blah. You're talking about all those other things. There is a lot to consider. That's a huge, now, obviously that area is rich in disc golf and disc golf ambassadors and volunteers. And we all know this, but it's still a lot to ask. A of a relatively small tr- triangular base there. When you're talking about Portland, Estacada is less than 45 minutes away where Milo is, and then Eugene is about two and a half, three hours or so uh, west of there. I mean, that's that's a, a very uh, centered, so to speak, mm-hmm. maybe not geographically, but that's a very, uh, yeah, tight-knit place to be. Those are all things that have to be considered. So when you ask, well, why isn't there this tournament in my, they should have an AM Worlds in in Bend? Well, just so you know, these are the things that go into the overall considerations and planning. So, uh, yeah, uh, all eyes on on uh, Oregon for three weeks, which, again, is awesome. It's thank a volunteer, buy a spot or a beer, whatever you need to do. <laughs> There are a lot of incredible people that have to make things work and uh I don't envy a lot of that work that has to go down.
0: They should just throw a big statewide party at the end there of the you month. Go. At, there at you the go. at the end of, well, maybe not the end of May, maybe about the end of June. <laughs> Let's just wait till the end of June, everything'll be cleaned up by then. Go throw a huge statewide party.
3: Yeah, it's uh it's yeah. just all of this invite all the of disc them. golfers. So, uh yeah. And and obviously everyone's heading up to Washington. As you just said, it'll be interesting to see that we've got a new event, new venue, new property. Uh, some will be playing, you know, as you just called. I, I spoke specifically with Ricky Wysocki right before he teed off. Maybe it was the second round. And I said something about being, you know, going to play. He's like, yeah, like I have to. And obviously, Ricky is very unique in that he has missed everything this year. Here's what I'll say. so he's trying to gain as many points as possible. I don't
0: think he's going to have to, but I'm glad he's going.
3: There's a few... You you don't want to take that... You you can always throw away points that you didn't need. You can't Mm -hmm. gain them at the end of the year when you're... Because, I mean, we all know, like, something could flare back up and he he misses four and more events, you know? Correct. He's got to play anything he can at this point.
0: Assuming health-wise, I don't think he will need it, but... I'd also don't blame him for doing it.
3: I mean, I think he's just trying to. Uh, you know, he he said I'm fresher. You know, I I clearly have well, not after... been out there grinding in the same way that all these <laughs> other players have, and so yeah, he's. I think he's even more optimistic. That's great.
0: I'm I'm happy for him. I hope he goes out and tears it up. So,
3: uh, all right. So that's uh Riverbend. Was it was it what was it called this week in Riverbends? Gold layout or something like that. I don't know. It'll continue to be... uh, an inc- Yeah, Milo McIver Riverbend gold is what it was called.
0: Did you notice anything about... before? We're not going to talk about FPO until Jen gets on. Did you notice anything about Eagle this week? He went from not cashing to <laughs> winning the event.
3: Yeah, no big deal. Uh,
0: <laughs> the courses aren't extremely different. It's not like you're playing... One where you're hitting a ton of tight gaps sure. versus OTB. I mean, they're both big kind of arm courses. So I doubt you probably didn't talk too much about that.
3: Uh, I, I not specifically. In fact, there was funny enough, there was one interview that we did Saturday after he was in the lead um and was in contention or had shot as well as he did and that interview ended up getting canned or scrapped because there was an audio issue on yeah. our end um but
0: you'll always have it in your heart
3: yeah i will um no just you know at, at that point he had kind of even alluded to the idea of like you know it's golf uh it's humbling it's humbling to not cash at an event like OTB and then to be in the in the running the next weekend And I think he just kind of realized, you know, the competitiveness and, and right now that when he's not on his game, he can, he can be beat. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing for him, but that's, that was essentially what I took from it. And then you saw him, he, he, he wasn't flawless, but he looked damn good throughout the weekend. I mean, near flawless. And I didn't physically see him on site, and we only saw him what one round, if even, at OTB. So I don't know how bad things went for him in rounds two and three. But you have to imagine for him not to cash. I mean, everything has to be going bad for <laughs> you, right, like because he's so yes. good. Yeah. that like I can't even fathom what's going through his mind and what's happening to him as he's throwing bad enough shots for him not to cash. Like a mediocre player not cashing. You're like okay, I got to play good golf. Eagle has to play really poorly to not cash. (laughs) And that's nothing but a compliment. So, uh,
0: Well, we can talk about FPO. We'll go over the results before Jen comes on. Uh, I'm sure she's probably, hopefully she's on hole 18 right now. (laughs) Uh, As we know, Jen's coming on the show. She won starting out in epic fashion with the hole in one on hole one and then followed it up with birdie, birdie, birdie. Ain't too bad right there. So she shoots 23 under par, besting Holland Hanley by two strokes. Holland was in it right up until basically hole 17 when she she went OB on 17,
2: going for the green. And I think it was a good choice.
0: Because as we saw on eighteen, eighteen is—I don't say a gimme birdie, but it's a—it's an easier birdie to take as opposed to full seventeen. So Holland running at the the green on seventeen made sense to me. It wasn't like she made a a, a tactical error when she shouldn't have. She still canned like a fifty footer to to get the, to par, the par to save yeah. the par to give her a chance on eighteen. If Jen had messed up. But ultimately, it came down to hole 18. Jen was not too far from Holland, but she had a gap. Holland didn't. Jen didn't need to lay up, or she could have. She -hmm. chose not to. She put in for the birdie for the two-stroke win over Holland Hanley. Those two were just head and shoulders above everybody else. Ten strokes between second and third. Third place, Maria Oliva. We've been saying her name a little bit more often now. Uh, Hopefully she's kind of Maria had a tendency to shoot usually one or two really good rounds and then one really bad round. And I think she's starting to get out of that. So I don't know if it's a little bit of experience, a little bit different play style. I don't know, but Maria in third place doing great. Fourth place owns Scoggins, which was one behind Maria Oliva. Fourth, uh, sorry, tied with. Scoggins, Rebecca Cox at 10 down. Then we go Missy Gannon at eight with Allie Smith, another name we're talking a lot about lately, Allie, uh, and tied with Kat Merch. And then finally, in a tie for ninth place, you get Lisa Fakus and Sarah Oakham. Those are your top 10 or 11 FPL players. It's just 10 right there.
3: Yeah, and when I look at that list nothing too wild or crazy that jumps out at me. Uh, you know, as you said, congrats to an Allie Smith who we're talking about. Yeah. She's really
0: often the name that's starting to pop up a lot more this year. Um, just a new, she got signed to DGA. So she's a DGA player and she's touring full time. She's an am world champion. Mm -hmm. And she's just starting to, Constantly break those top tens week after week after week, and
3: I'm here for it. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Uh, And I I know, I think it was round two, if I go back. I I think she had a a, a huge string of birdies. Uh, Obviously, it was Mm -hmm. really solid here in round three to shoot her four under. Was it round two where she put together a pretty sizable string of birdies?
0: The four under is good, but it could have been so much better. Like it was just five birdies and a bogey. She left so many. I'm looking at other players like Rebecca Cox and Missy Gannon. Missy got the first four of them mm-hmm. that Allie didn't get. And so, while of course Allie played very good, um, ultimately she could have been. It could have been so much better. And granted, you could say that about a lot of different players. Everybody misses birdies yeah, here and there. Missy
3: wasn't trying to get nine bird, or nine pars in a row either.
0: <laughs> no, she wasn't. <laughs> I, I'm just, and I'm looking at the course just kind of based on the color of the holes, it looks like a pretty gosh darn good course considering
3: other than I think hole 17. yeah, uh, It's really like 7 through 11 mm -hmm. are where some people found trouble and then 17. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, those are difficult holes, 7 through 11. Exactly. They're birdieable, but you got to be on your game. Yeah. Hole 17, just nobody got. It just wasn't... uh, I don't want to say it's a bad hole because I don't know if it's truly a bad hole. It's a par five that looks like it plays more like a par six. So is it a, mm. is it a really, we don't really have par sixes on the tour. No. So is it a good par six and a bad par five? It, it all depends on the, the, the landing zones and the angles and whatnot in order to decide if a hole is good, not just the par,
3: so. Yeah, so all, when it was all said and done, there actually was two only two birdies on the entire weekend mm-hmm. on hole 17. Obviously, everybody saw the one by Jen as she was putting together her great first round. Second round, she was five feet away for birdie and didn't convert on her little turbo putt. And then during the third round, she didn't need it nearly as much, but uh, she parred. But Jessica Weese. Uh, ended up birdieing it during the final round. So the fact that Jen played it one under on the weekend uh, <laughs> in and essentially was literally a five-footer away from playing it as two under was, of course, very, very impressive because you, you'd look at her score there compared to most of the field and just look at how many strokes she gains literally on just that one hole. It was uh, certainly in her favor. Now you think, well, would you like to see a different pin? Would you like to see a different tee? You can't really use a different tee. If you're, you know, want to keep the, the concept of the hole. you know, the genius tee and all that other stuff, that's part of it. Like you said, could it be a par six here? Here's, here's my not so hot, hot take. If, if they're going to continue, the event is going to continue, and nobody asked for my feedback or opinion on this, by the way, but if they're going to continue to use those 18 holes, mm-hmm. I do hate the combo hole, the second combo hole, but anyway, let's assume they use those same 18 holes. I feel like everything should get shifted by one. You think that should be the last hole? I think 17 should be the last hole I think you make and I there's there's only a little bit not really cuz you got this nice big parking lot you you just position the tents a little bit differently you very much could make the T of 1 be 18 uh so you make hole 18 hole 1 and then you pl- and then it's not that far is, of a walk is it
0: spectator friendly or 17 to be the final uh, round, because you usually it, want a group of people. It's about
3: there. the same as what okay. 18 is. Because um, 18, you're in the parking lot, so you're still in the parking lot. It's just mm. a different position in the okay. parking lot. So
0: I, I've only been there once, so it's hard for me to wrap yeah, my head exactly. around where a- it's. And this is. is a whole
3: new layout, but that would be my unsolicited feedback and uh, suggestion, is if we're going to keep these same 18 holes, I think everything gets shifted by exactly one You make hole 18, hole 1, and then you end on 17. That becomes the new 18. Just, I mean, if it's going to be that dynamic and crazy of a hole, then let's end on it. I mean, you could crush some dreams uh, or be a hero. Should uh, we have it happen on that hole?
0: Should we ask somebody
3: else? Yeah, let's see what she has to say. We're going to welcome in our champ from this weekend doing work. One Jennifer Allen. Hey, Jen. Hi.
1: How, How are you doing?
0: You? Thank God this worked. I didn't, we, we didn't get a chance to test it, so I was crossing my fingers.
1: Uh, and it's kind of like off on where I'm holding it. I'm having to hold it funny. I wish I could show you this. Ga- can you see? It can, looks gorgeous. Yeah, we can
3: kind of see what you're working with it, there.
1: It is absolutely incredible. Wow. Here. Okay, but so that's not is- the
3: Alton Baker course, right? So where, where are no. you? <laughs> no, give us a breakdown.
1: Uh, what town is this? Ridge. Oak Ridge. <laughs>
3: okay. Out of my second guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's at Circle Bar. It's, a, I believe, a nine-hole ball golf course. Okay. And it is a huge layout. Like, it feels like a disc golf pro tour. Like, it does. It's kind of awesome because I feel like most of the Masters events, you know, kind of put us on some smaller courses. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last few years have kind of been a little shorter, wooded. This thing is Gorgeous. Like, I think the footage of it will be incredible. It's big. It's long. I don't know. I didn't really look at PARs, but there's a lot of PAR fours and fives, I think.
3: Okay. Well, that suits it. Suits your game. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, start flexing now. Uh, uh, what? So, ta- yeah, I you're playing. I
1: heard Hulkam not so excited about playing here. Okay.
3: <laughs> she doesn't throw as far as you. So, what What are the two courses before we get too far into it? But, what are the two, two or myself. three courses you're playing? Two or three, right? Just two? Uh,
1: So, the pros are playing two.
3: Okay. What's the other one then? Are you playing over at
1: Dexter?
3: Dexter. Okay. Okay. And you played two yes. rounds today. Was one at each course, or did you play two out at this one?
1: So weird how I'm trying to be centered, and it's not – I'm having to hold it crooked to be centered. <laughs> um, yes, I played both of them today. I snuck in a quick round at Dexter yesterday, and I was like, holy cow, forehand, heaven. Mm. So – but then today I played it a lot better. I, I enjoyed it. It's a, It has some gorgeous holes. There's just like um, – Three or four holes that are two hundred foot holes that really hook right quick and hard. I did sneak a few heiser lines in today, so that's probably why I liked it better um, okay. but also another absolutely beautiful course
0: so you've got one course which this tends so to favor <laughs> which tends to favor uh maybe own and Sarah, and one course yes. maybe has favors you with your distance. This should be great. I can't wait to see the footage. I can't wait to watch you guys I play.
1: Really... Yeah, I really think it will be super fun. Um, I think the weather forecast is like changing a little bit to a few chances of rain. Um, The last two days have been, I think, our cold days. It's pretty chilly out here, but um, I think the rest of the week is supposed to be really nice.
3: Uh, So we'll quickly touch on that, that this weekend, you know, people were almost doing jumping jacks and yelling and cheering and chanting for the fact that we had Beautiful weather, essentially, all three days at Milo, which is a little bit unique in itself. What? How does how does the weather this last weekend compare to what you were expecting this upcoming weekend?
1: Well, this course feels like Oklahoma. It is so windy, and <laughs> I've heard it's always windy here, so that also might be my favorite, but I don't know. It's uh, rolling, kind of a rolling hill, so you can get some gusts, but pretty pretty windy here i mean i'm getting hit by the sprinkler on the green and i'm 100 feet away <laughs> it's like I, it's it's pretty and pretty to windy. be
3: fair not only did we not have rain we didn't at no point do i think we even felt a full five miles an hour of wind this weekend is, is that fair
1: yeah there was a few times that it was gusty but yeah pretty pretty perfect
3: yeah Pretty it perfect. certainly was, so we were just kind of assessing, and I was talking a little bit about the layout uh I'll, I'll go on record and say largely due to flow, I didn't love the fifteen uh the fifteen combo hole only because of flow, yeah. like the idea of the hole is great such to a combine cool those hole, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, but nobody loves hole, the backups
1: love it. right, <laughs> it was kind of a good spot though like we always ran straight to that awesome bathroom
3: (laughs) that's true (laughs) yes if
1: you're you're going to have a spot for a backup like that was a good spot and um, i do agree i was listening to you boys talk about 17 we all kind of felt like that should have been the 18th um and i even thought skip hole 18 and add in one of those cool holes um after you come down which was maybe hole nine and then mm. add in that one parking lot hole. Sure. And then you jump back in on the river. That okay. was my thought.
3: Okay. Yeah. That's so just- that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not <laughs> full disclosure that no one else really knew more than once this weekend. Uh, and we got done with 10 and I went right to what they call the dream hole, which is 12. And I forgot to go over to 11, uh, which is yeah. the Philo hole. And uh, from a flow perspective, I'm, I'm sure I wasn't the only one. And again, I've seen a couple different layouts throughout the years. So it's just a matter of like, what hole is, do we have to have? What hole don't? I mean, just think yeah. when you guys played 13, we also then skipped 14. And that one could, in theory, be brought back into play, right? Um, what would yeah, be? Yeah, there's, I mean, yeah. you're
1: cutting out 18 holes.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so,
1: of course, you're going to lose several like incredible. you know, favorites. What a good problem to have, right? (laughs) Yeah. um, A lot of us, I heard several women sad that we were losing those ones in the far back. Like those, Mm. maybe the guys didn't like them, but I think that they were fun for the women. So a lot of us kind of missed that back corner by the river. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I didn't really mind skipping all those little tight wooded ones. that can Plinko <laughs> anywhere.
3: <laughs> that seemed to be the consensus, um, though. I feel like a lot of people yeah. really didn't mind because you play the beautiful uh, one with the backdrop, uh, you know, with the with the Beaver State sign and, you know, the wood chips yeah. and everything, which is hole eight this weekend. And then there's two holes right yeah. after that that we skipped, two wooded holes. Yeah. And, and I feel and like that was the consensus.
1: Gimmicky. Yeah, those are gimmicky. You can throw a great shot, uh, shot, and get a bad kick, and you can throw a horrible shot and be underneath it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it takes some skill to do a great shot on those, but it also takes a little luck too. So, that's okay to lose those. I think.
3: (laughs) Sure. Uh, And then, what did you think about the actual? We'll say distance and the, you know, because Sarah Hokum. Gave this 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 weekend's layout like an A plus rave review. She just liked how it laid out for golf, for playing golf appropriately, a challenging yeah. women in the right spots and at the right distances in the right ways. What, what was your take on on this weekend's layout?
1: I would have to probably totally agree because um, the upshots were just perfect distances. I think for me, whereas last week I was really struggling. I had, I mean, just perfect drive after perfect drive i felt like and i would get myself in a range that i don't like i mean it was probably like an okay range but um i kept finding myself at like 160 to 180 that i was screwing up mm. and so like the distances were great i think this week
3: uh and is there any Sorry, uh, horrible No, you're, all right. you're fine no you're fine you look great okay. um I guess I don't know if I really have anything else about the course. It, like I said, it was very well received. How did you uh, like hole so one? People. <laughs> yeah. hole How, one? Did you like hole one? Is <laughs> that a good hole to start on?
1: I think it was okay. I figured it out. The first day I went long, <laughs> the first day I went long and I changed it up and it worked great. So, yeah.
0: What? what going into round three and then acing that hole. <laughs> Obviously, everybody's excited for you. You're, even your competitors look like, you know, they're high-fiving and whatnot. Do you feel, maybe it's a dumb question, but do you feel that kind of set a statement? Or is that more just a birdie versus an ace is a little lucky? Or or do you feel like, hey, that's my stamp of approval. I'm going to take this one home.
1: You have that feeling like, okay, today's, I mean, like, mm-hmm. that's a good sign, right? Like, <laughs> things are going to go good. And you ace the first hole you kind of feel like maybe today's the day um but i i threw the exact same shot the day before and just caught a few leaves and it dropped right in front of it so i i threw the the same shot like it wasn't like i changed anything so um it didn't surprise me that it was close i mean like Mm -hmm. of course aces have to like just line up perfect and you don't plan them um, I do love to throw aces, so I do go at them a lot. Um, and I definitely, I've told people that's not that I dreamed it, but you know when you're laying in bed and you're like going over the the round before. So my my Saturday round um, should have been 12 down. <laughs> I gave two strokes on the last two holes, but you're going over your shots, and especially that one since everything went pretty good. I was going over Saturday's round to kind of think about Sunday. And I pictured it just because like my shot from Saturday was so close. It was like, okay, S the T-bird in, that could go in. And I just kind of didn't think much about it and moved on, but I thought that it could go in.
2: Well, (laughs) it it clearly did.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then I was told by our U-disc, the field u disker. When I threw my upshot coming in on hole two, I turned to Jeff and I was like, God, that was money. Like it just, um, felt really clean out of my hand. And I thought I was really close to making the Eagle skip in with my Cayman and it went long, but I got up there and the u disker was like, it was inches. And I haven't watched the footage back. And Terry, were you close?
3: I, I wasn't. Uh so I wish I could tell okay. you I, I could give you a better idea. I was I was messing with my on course uh microphone issues at the moment. So I uh, didn't I didn't see it come in.
1: Apparently uh, it was really close uh to going <laughs> four down and two holes. <laughs>
3: uh yeah, that would be uh pretty incredible. Yeah, and and of yeah. course, yeah, thinking about y- we were just talking about the occurrences of the birdies on 17. Jess, Jessica Weiss had one during the final round. Yeah. Uh, and then you, of course, had the one during round one. And then, you know, you were right there for round two. <laughs> it, it, t- tell us about that hole specifically. I know you just said you wouldn't mind ending on it, but um, b- kind of break down that hole specifically in terms of uh, what's required and and do you feel like it's it, – Challenges the FPO field correctly?
1: I think it's a good hole. <laughs> okay. Um, you, you've got to break it up right. And I was joking because both of my shots that were really good, and it was actually right where Holland landed the last round to try to approach, she just went really high, and you've got to skip it in low. Like, I mm. think her angle on the approach was wrong on Sunday, or she could have got up on that island maybe. Mm-hmm. But I was joking on the T sign. It should so it that tree that I got behind should be like showing where you should land to approach. <laughs> the like that, that's a great spot to be because that's where I was both times, and it's a perfect hyzer. You know, just mm-hmm. drop it in there, and with that angle, you kind of have the the length of that island. Yeah. And and if you go over it, you go over it, and you have a uh, circle putt.
3: Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, I'm surprised I didn't see more men and women being a little more aggressive thinking, Hey, just, mm-hmm. just go over any part go of the over. Island and then you're going to get yeah. it on the Island, be aggressive with it. And if anything, go long on that hole. It's so much better to go long, yeah. touch some part of the Island or cover some part of the Island rather than come up short. And then I guess my last point to all of that is something that people maybe not don't account for if you haven't physically been there those curbs are uh those are like curbs on steroids those are above yeah. average yes. curbs and i know that sounds silly but you have to take things like that into account if you're playing any kind of skip shot or or you're playing anything low yeah. those curbs ha- have a little extra girth to them
1: they do we all, we were all saying that and mm. and that was actually why well that and the tight spot i was at on friday i had my firebird in the hand because i th- I think it's less than 300 where I was, um, but I I bumped up to my max just to play it a little safer, wider, and I knew, like, if I hit, as long as you don't hit curb, you should skip up, you know, onto that island, Um, and just like you said, I'm just playing it more aggressive, like, that's where I screwed up at OTB on day one, besides the fact that we were just tight, we waited every single hole, so Haley and I were just like, man, we're over this round, and I lost focus and took a seven, <laughs> but after that, I was like, man, I mean, I don't want to hit anybody in the gallery, but I want to blast past that. Like, if mm-hmm. I screw up, my screw up needs to be long, and yep. I didn't calculate that in on, on Friday.
3: Yeah, I, so. I couldn't agree because more. some
1: islands the... aren't that way.
3: Exactly, uh, depending on how they get rolled, and maybe that's something that take, gets taken into consideration. You know, for how they play it is if you have to land on it or not, you know, and every, because you always, when you're, when you have those situations, the reason why drop zones can be so beneficial is because then there's no argument of did it cross, did it not? Are you relying on a spotter? Are you not? You know, those, those all become kind of nitpicky, you know, can be quite, um, yeah. Get to be heated moments we've, that are very impactful.
0: We've all seen players try to convince their group that no, I,
3: I was out up here a little closer. You know, I'm sure I crossed yes.
0: over this this spot.
3: Yeah, yeah. nine other people don't <laughs> think <laughs> I did, including the spotter who's six feet away. But I, 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 I I'm I definitely sure think I did. I did. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, drop zones can be helpful for that reason. But so this is your Absolutely. first DGBT win, right? Okay. Yeah. How crazy That's is like that? Twenty three years. <laughs> well, to be
0: fair, the DGPT only been around for eight. But
1: <laughs> okay, it took me eight years. How does but, that? How uh, doesn't
3: that sound crazy to you, though?
1: Kinda. I won two majors first. Yeah, <laughs> but those are age protected.
2: Uh
3: huh. Uh-huh. So
1: I mean, this was a this was a very stacked field. I mean, and what a battle, Terry! Can you think? I mean, there's been a few. Like, I don't know why the one huge putt by Paige on 18 at sunset. Wasn't that to flip some score? Like, I rem- I mean, I-, I know that there's been some tight battles in FPO, but man, this just felt like a heavyweight battle. And we were just like taking one to the chin hole after hole, just fighting it out. Like it was such a great, I mean, I hate to say it. it- I mean, clearly I've walked, with the MPO before, it really felt like it was kind of Ricky and Paul out there like battling it out. Like, it I was, was saying it actually great...
0: it actually was a little reminiscent of European Open, where Paul and uh, Eagle mm-hmm. were, were so far ahead of the field and they were just battling it out every hole. That's kind of what I was yeah. thinking with you and Holland. Just there was yeah. you didn't have to think about the rest of the field. It was It was a match play event at that point.
1: Right, and I, I got to talk to uh, JK today in the parking lot, and she even said, like, the rest of the field was out. The FBO players were out there on the field just, like, watching because it was just such a great battle, and that's that's super cool, like, to hear those stories later because um, I was definitely in the moment, and I, I'm totally proud of myself for that. I hope it's something I can continue to, to build on on the fact of um, – you know, like I teased you, Terry, when you're like, "There's so many people," and I, I literally was like, "What people?" Because I never looked at them. Um, I couldn't tell you how many people were there. I never looked up. I just kept, you know, just straight focus the whole time. So,
3: yeah, it's well, the the fact that uh, again, it was really a, a two woman race, and the the also it doesn't hurt that you both throw so far, like to add to the entertainment value, throwing these beautiful lines. Uh, you know, maximizing yeah. your distance, I think is incredible. And then even in a sneaky kind of quieter way, because she was a few, a few off of you guys watching, you know, the likes of a cat merch, you know, I'm watching you guys throw yeah. the, you know, the philo hole or, or hole 10. And I'm seeing like, wow, there's four of you and you're, you're, you know, cat merch is literally 20 feet in front or behind you uh, on some of those right. throws as well. Like she's kind of got that sneaky distance, that you don't oh, necessarily think about. Oh, for sure, and the were
1: incredible.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, so.
1: incredible rollers. And then I, I'm playing with both Ella and Holland. You know, this that last weekend, their forehand power is absolutely insane. Um, yeah, it was just the whole week. I mean, really felt like awesome golf by the entire you know FBO field. Like there were so many great shots um and i kind of barely glanced at the disc golf pro tour's top 5 and a couple of the comments you know were saying like we really needed a top 10 like yeah. we all had there were so many great shots
2: yeah and, and even
1: on day 1 like i was watched a little bit of the the highlights back and i was like man they they didn't get my shot like i know they recorded it <laughs> because we had a camera crew on the on the second card but I threw some incredible shots that weren't shown on Friday.
0: Well, speaking of top 10, your ace made SportsCenter <laughs> top 10, number
3: two.
2: Whoop, whoop. Finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly that's something
3: you up. think about, right? Do other, are other yes. golfers thinking about that? Probably not.
0: Okay. <laughs> and okay. you you only lost out to another golfer, to, to a, a ball golfer, who dunked a, yeah. <laughs> at, a, at a major, like just right in the hole. Just, you know, it yeah, looked no plus, different I mean, than your I'm, shot going right in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it was something that, like, I was a goal of mine just because my first uh, world's ace at Pittsburgh um, Lisa's hand went right in front of the camera, so it was blocked. Mm. Terry, I don't remember if you remember, like, they were they sent it in, and like, the throw was great, the cheering was like, everything was great except for Lisa's hand right when the disc was <laughs> in the basket.
2: That absolutely I, uh. I got
1: screwed out of that one, mm-hmm. and then I screwed myself out in uh, at Winthorpe hole one, I stood in front of the camera, yeah, yeah, yeah we weren't supposed to be filmed. Like he just was testing (laughs) the camera, right? Like he was lining things up and just happened to hit record and I threw it in. So I messed up that one getting on ESPN. Mm -hmm. And so finally third time's a charm, big ace, big tournament on film that finally made it. So yeah, yeah, that was a goal.
3: Clearly it does make, you know, and whether the sports center, followers and and honestly i didn't see it yet um but however it's set up and just the fact that you went on to win of course an ace is always awesome to have it and to get anywhere on sports center but that's all part of this incredible story is it was you know you're starting off the final round which then propelled you and and helped lead you into the overall victory uh so it's like it's just such a a perfectly matter yeah and it's such a perfectly written story, so the question is, knowing that you've been playing about the same amount of time as Johnny and I have, I'm sorry <laughs> uh what what uh how many aces either roughly uh, or exactly do you have?
1: I don't count th- I have so many
2: <laughs> okay
1: um like people were like someones i mean, like today, I threw my disc several times. And they're like, oh, you didn't sign it. I'm like, oh, I don't sign them, except for the, the disc in my bag. Um, one of my destroyers, I got the ace at Hawaii before uh-huh. going over to Australia. I would be signed. The boys wanted to sign that over in Hawaii because they're like, this hole's never been aced. Sure. And so I, I let them sign that one. But I don't even sign them. I probably have six or seven ace discs in my bag um, that aren't signed. I didn't sign the one at Winthorpe. Um, I, I have well over 100. I have two... Days that I aced twice in one day, one being back to back throws, back to back holes. Not like I was practicing and threw ten shots. Like, Damn! All backwards. right,
3: simmer down. Yeah,
1: I have a lot of aces. Drew gives me so much crap when I'll call, and he'd be like, "What? You calling because you aced I'm like, "Yeah, maybe."
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, only because it's always a it's a good internet argument. You're. I'm just gonna set this up. You're out at Vista. You're playing, we'll say, hole one by Dukes, as just as an example for everyone. You're playing that. You throw the first shot, uh, you park it, and you're out there practicing. You throw a next shot, you throw that one in off the tee. You throw it in. Does that? Do, do you count that? I mean, you're not counting aces anyway, but do you consider that an ace?
1: Yeah, it's an ace. Okay. I considered my upshot warming up um, Saturday. Sunday. I can't remember. I think Saturday. I threw it. I was warming up my forehands and I threw one in from like 160. And I was like, "Do I count that as my first forehand
2: aid?" <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: if it's from a fairway, we're, not on a hole. Uh, mm, we not were on joking. a tee, I mean. we
1: were mean. That yeah, that one I would not count. Okay, um, okay. But I yeah. kind of low key wanted to, you know, just because it was my first forehand throw. <laughs>
0: No, you got to get on that tee pad and start throwing forehands, Jay. Yeah,
3: you're getting greedy here. You want to stretch everything into an ace at this point. Jeez.
1: Yeah, no, that (laughs) one, we were just joking because there's so many holes that people get on um, Facebook and be like, oh, it's a hole one. It's 110 feet. You know, that's what we were joking about. Longest Uh, ace? I think, longest ace. 355, I think, over a pond uh, at um, Emerald.
2: Okay.
3: I think
1: that one's it. I used two of the long holes at Emerald. I think they're over 350.
3: Because this is, was, what, 345, if I recall? Uh, let me look.
1: 345.
2: 345.
1: Yeah, I didn't feel like it. The ones at Emerald felt longer. I, I was a destroyer over the pond, and then back at the road was with my Wraith. that were, like, full flex shots. So hmm. those felt longer. Maybe the distances are wrong. And there. just
3: just for a full, full journalistic integrity – the disc was, share it with everyone.
1: The Jen Allen T Bird. <laughs>
3: nice. Okay. The Jen yeah, I mean, Allen T
0: Bird. The best T Bird. Yeah. Was,
1: I was, yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> um, I was laughing listening to the highlights. Zoe saying, I've never seen a whole one ace. I'm like, girl, you commented last, like you were the commentator last time when I <laughs> ace on whole one. Yeah. <laughs> I like, come on, Zoe. <laughs> So I told her today, um, I was like, "You're just gonna have to be the commentator on hole one for me for the rest of my life." <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, and because it's a fair question that's coming in off the board, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll entertain Ryan Pilcher. There was no ace pool, or was there?
1: No. So Disc Pro Tour doesn't do an ace pool.
3: Yeah. That, that's that's what I thought, Is but I, I figured crazy? I'd ask. Uh yes yeah. and no. That's I mean cuz how much do you make it for? Is it per division? What if it doesn't get hit? Like there's there's a 100 I mean there's also not any CTPs, you know, mm-hmm. put on by the pro yeah, tour. Yeah. And... We don't
1: need we don't need CTPs. We don't need. <laughs> but I mean I think I think easily you could do like a $500 ace pot.
3: Uh you know what? That sounds like a damn good sponsorship opportunity. Sean Jack, I know you're watching. Mm-hmm. Somebody should, you could go. sponsor an, an every event yeah. ace pool, and if it doesn't get hit, they get to keep the money in their pocket. If it does get hit, um, then, then it gets split throughout out. the weekend But uh, or go to payout. But, yeah, that sounds like a great – there you go. Yes, I'm going to get commission on this. No, you won't. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, it's a good idea, though, that somebody could just flat good, out sponsor an ace. Even, even, I mean, heck, even if it's you know two hundred bucks per division per weekend, and that's their yeah. their official sponsorship offer or whatever throughout the entire year, that could be sig- very significant uh, if they're paying out every weekend. Feels like there's at least and one every on weekend.
1: Say there's usually not a ton of aces at disc golf pro tour event. I mean, the holes are long. Typically, like mm-hmm. it's not something that oh, there was eight aces this weekend. They're going to sure. split it. There's usually not that.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think we get, like, one every two to three events. Yeah, at least. Yeah, I think I think it's one every Set two Mando,
3: events. you're listening? We need, we need the ace count, the running ace count for this year. That's what I'd like to know. Anyway.
1: I think what's super cool is that both of my hole one aces were with my tour series disc.
3: Yeah, so clearly people should be buying your tour series disc. But only throw it on hole if one. You you want
1: did- <laughs> I mean, only on whole one.
3: If you want to start your
0: round <laughs> with aces, after that you put the you put the discs away. You don't bother throwing them. No, just throw them on hole one.
1: Love, <laughs> no, every hole those discs those love chains. So, uh, so yeah. W-
3: without digging too deep here, since we're not a, a full blown in of a commercial because uh, they don't pay us like they should. <laughs> but I do want to ask. I, I have, I think, bought your tour series T birds as long as you've had them. I buy uh, more than a handful every year off the pro shop. <laughs> And they're still all in boxes. In fact, I just came across a box, like a whole bin of them the other day. Do you have a a favorite year? Do you have specific ones that you still like seek out or go after?
1: That one that I aced with was the first one I put in my bag last year. Both actually of those. Um, My my Rock and T-Bird last year, the first ones I pulled and tried, I have thrown and they're still in the bag um those the rocks just flew really straight and now it's kind of I can flip it really nice um I actually just put in a brand new one to kind of as a stable backup and then that t-bird just it held you know my t-birds are usually pretty stable the forehand throwers love them last year's just had a little bit more glide to them held that straight line and then finished left so those, I have to say, are my favorite last year's. And that's huh? probably different than everybody else. Everyone else, I know, like the first year run, they absolutely loved. Um, all of them are pretty beefy. But last year's just, they were, I loved them. And, and, okay. I, and that's what I still throw. I have this year's in the bag as like if it's a little more windy. Okay. It's more May,
3: makes sense. Yeah. I I think about some of the swirly T-birds that they did with KJ Naibo uh, one year. Yeah. And I think that was one of the early years that we saw your your Glow T-birds. And uh, I think there were Brincer Destroyers that year. And I anyway, I just came across a whole bin of stuff the other day. And that, that made me think mm-hmm. it because I always pull yours out and I'm like, oh, are these more Sexton Firebirds? I'm like, oh, no, these are Jen Allen T-birds. And they okay. all look That's beautiful in the box say, nonetheless. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, that's what I was told. I'm not, I've never researched that, but I was told, you know, cause they were bluish. They had a lot more blue to them that
2: mm-hmm.
1: hit the next and Firebirds and my T-Birds were the first year. And both mm. of those were just like super duper great runs.
3: Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're, uh, appreciating in value, uh, as we speak and they'll, they'll sit there. Perfect. If you need one one day, I I might I had to sell back Kelvin Heimberg or trade back a few Kelvin Heimberg destroyers that he liked last year when he was in town because he liked a particular run. And I had a bunch stockpiled from that year. So I was was glad to help back the man that has his name on the disc. That's what I do. Nice. Well,
1: I mean, (laughs) I hope, fingers crossed, I haven't. Heard anything, but maybe since that was like pretty special day, maybe Innova will drop something cool.
3: They better? Yeah, a they back, should.:
1: a little back stamp. yeah, a little yeah. backstamp so fingers crossed.:
3: uh, I think you just have to say it, and now we pressure them, and then they <laughs> make it happen.: well,
1: They're all just getting back from Japan, so I, yeah, they've been a little true. busy <laughs> so I'll give them a minute I really wish I could turn and face the other way. I know you're getting the building. It's God, all right. The sunset, like so pretty, that I can't sit and hold this like this.
3: No, and your arm's probably getting sore if you're sitting there holding your phone all the time. It's
1: okay. I am <laughs> sitting and holding the whole time.
3: Uh, yeah. So this weekend, but the
1: sun is coming down over these trees.
3: <laughs> it looks great. Uh, this weekend, uh, are you rooming with Own? I mean, I know you guys are good friends and teammates, but you're you'll be uh, you know two of our favorites probably, going into this weekend. Uh, Holly and Finley, someone else and we're Holly. seeing now. Uh, Zoe Andike, so- who you just mentioned, making her debut in Masters. Yep. Uh, w- w- what's the field looking like, in your opinion? What should we be expecting?
1: It's a, it's a I mean, well, you got to say own.
2: <laughs> yep.
3: okay. I, mm-hmm. I,
1: was, I was joking that... Um, you know, I won it the first year, then Owen got it last year, so maybe it's Hokum's year. You know, I was oh, being wow. that nice. That's the, friendly. The guy. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm just finishing the yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The uh awesome people at the clubhouse here, making sure I wasn't stranded. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I felt like it was nice saying, like, it's, it's Hokum's turn, right? Mm. But the guys I was playing with said, that's too nice. Men wouldn't do that. So I couldn't be <laughs> that nice. Okay. Um, but I thought, you know, like, the way we've been trending, like, so maybe it's Hokum's year or, or Holly's. They came in, I think, the same year last year.
3: Or maybe it's back so, to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just for a little context for the world, I am seeing yeah. right now. Ten FP forty women and uh, own at nine seventy seven Hokum nine sixty two you at nine fifty four Holly nine forty Zoe nine sixteen Sally West nine fifteen uh, Christy Lee Jenny Umstead uh, Melinda Ring and Roxy Russell Roxy I believe is the only woman I don't know and she's maybe she from is a local from
1: okay. Portland or okay. yeah
3: okay yeah Vancouver yeah. Washington think- that general area yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I heard she had just, like, this may be her pro first, like, big one. Mm. Like, she played some AM, I think. So.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe
1: being close. Yeah, totally awesome. I think at first we had 14 signed up for a little bit, and we've kind of lost a few.
3: Yeah, I was just going to so. say, are you surprised that 10, Yeah, I, I was when I just clicked on it, yeah. are you surprised there's just 10 FP40 competitors this weekend? Did you scare them all away?
1: I don't think I scared them all away, but I am kind of surprised because our numbers have been like super good on other tournaments. Like at, I'm going to try to sit down over here. now. the sprinklers are kind of going down. Um, we had 14 at the age protected at master's cup. So, okay. And I mean, probably
3: quite a few of the same women or at least a handful yeah. of them. I can guess. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm shocked. Ooh, it's I, not more than 10. And 14 at minimum, if not, you know, closer to 20. Well, yeah. Any, any that, guess? What I, was... mm-hmm.
1: I don't know why, because um, this is gorgeous here. Like, it's super pretty. And it was awesome that they were able to kind of coordinate. I don't know if they really meant to, but super convenient for us trying to play the Disc Golf Pro Tour events. You know, we're, we're staying right in the same area, so that's really nice.
3: Yeah, okay, and then uh, uh, you will be playing Washington next weekend, I assume, or is there is there a thought of taking it off, or what what's kind of your game plan?
1: Washington's this weekend. This weekend. Oh,
3: uh, never mind. I'm an idiot. Never mind. Sorry. I, you're Portland yeah. next weekend? No, no,
1: you're good. Well, I mean, Holly was actually still kind of going back and forth if she wanted to drop and go play there just because there's so many more women. Really? And she would get the point.
2: Huh.
1: So, I mean, she was even – kind of debating that. I still saw her in the parking lot today. So I think okay. she must be not dropping
3: Okay. because yeah. she was
1: going to, she, she practiced them yesterday and was going to make her decision last night, I think. So I'm going to assume that she's going to play.
3: Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I guess maybe uh, later after, after we're uh, done talking to you, we'll take a look at what, who it will be playing this weekend. That's kind of interesting. The, yeah. the fact that it's even on her yeah. mind to consider one or another, uh, is says a lot. I mean, it says what she cares about for Wisconsin or Wisconsin for uh, disc golf pro tour points point and then also for yeah. her to then stay and compete where she is uh, with you guys right. also must say something about that course, maybe versus going to an unknown course, uh, an unknown event. Not that we don't expect it to be great, yeah. But well, there's I mean, still I... some unknowns there,
1: yeah. I think being that it's a major, you know, mm. makes her kind of want to stay, sure. Um, and then. Yeah, I think she said there was like forty some odd women up there. And and I think a lot of them were lower rating, like mm. thirty that maybe were nine hundred or below, maybe, sure. or something like that. So sure. odds of, you know, maybe making more money up there clearly versus a very small pool here. Yeah. Why can I not center myself?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even when it's stationary. Well, I mean, I just for just for reference. Um, it looks like the master's worlds has 20 fpl players yeah. or FP, fp 40 players in ah, it. Ah, okay. So we i mean it's it's a lot of the same own Jen. Mm-hmm. Sure. Actually no, it, it's it's just really the two of you, I'm sorry. And then there's Nicole Bradley, Stephanie Vincent, but we're not seeing uh Hokum or Finley gonna be in or your- Zoe yeah, okay, so a yeah, lot of them are going all... taking the Europe, yeah, European okay. trip. So that's why yeah. the f b 40 at the Masters.
1: Yeah, it's something that I've really struggled with the last two years. It was the same thing. You know, Hina and Evelina are like, come over. <laughs> we got you the whole time. And it just butts up right up to Masters Worlds the last two years. So mm-hmm. being in Arizona, uh, I mean, I even got the invitation playing well at Music City for the European Open. And you know really wanted that but being worlds is there in flag mm-hmm. i'm gonna stay close to home
3: were, were you at the 03 flagstaff worlds you weren't were you no pro worlds okay all right yeah i mean flagstaff so incredibly beautiful like you said home states travel two hours north you know everything that could yeah. be said about flagstaff it uh, i think it makes perfect sense that uh, that that's where you'll be. Although Sula is incredible, and that's the weekend. That's the two that kind of butt up against one another. Specifically, is Sula yes. the next weekend after that is European Open. But um, un- understandable that the idea of that world title uh, makes perfect sense yeah. as well. More so than an event. Yeah, she's going to th- I'm, I'm really,
1: gonna try to get. I'm three
3: really. You're going to try to get three majors this year. Do
1: what?
0: I said you can. You could theoretically take home three majors this year if you win this. Then you go and get masters, and then you get FPO. Yeah, because you're playing all I three. I mean, of
1: that's games. asking for a that's asking for a lot. But I mean, I wouldn't deny them. Like,
3: yeah, get your <laughs> shit together, come Jen. On, get it Alan. done.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't have. Come on. Yeah, I'll do my best. I'll all right. Do my best.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: uh, <laughs> I'm still I'm still uh, fighting. Not fighting. Fighting's a mean word. I am still arguing my point that they should move our, um, the pools that we're in for master's worlds.
2: Okay.
3: We're in uh, a,
1: like a pool, sea plane, tut hill and little America shorts. And I feel like we should be with MP 40. Yeah. In the same pool with the same galleries. I mean, the disc golf pro, pro tour has been doing it right. You know, women tea before the men galleries work out great. You're going to have, Paid, you know, spectators—they're—they're they're not going to want to drive back and forth at the same time across town to two different courses. So I think if we want bigger galleries, you've got to have us at the same place. And <laughs> I was
2: that just is, say, and and that might—that
3: might be her phone dying. To be—to be fair, she told me earlier today that uh, as she was fighting to get her round done. That her phone might be pushing, so that may okay. be the end. What a cliffhanger! Oh my gosh, we're and- not going to. We're, we're we're never going to know. Uh, and my next breath or my next question was going to be. So let me get this straight. World record holder Jen Allen advocating for a longer course. Oh, go <laughs> figure.
0: And that's too bad because I do. I if we happen to get her back, that's great. If not, we can. You know, we had her on about three months ago. We'll probably have her on in three or four more months. Knowing Jen, yeah. But- I wanted to talk to her about. uh, Ella Hansen throwing mm-hmm. distance and, and you know, the, the battle Royale, the battle Royale. Cause these two, Ella, yeah, Ella said she was just a couple feet shy of 600 feet when she went onto the desert unofficially. Yes. There, well, Cause there's no official distance. So correct. Yeah. Well, if, well, congratulations to Jen. If we don't get you back.
3: Yeah, and if and if uh, she does, not that she probably is hearing this, if her phone is dead, but if she does uh, contact me or finds a way to get back on with us, uh, we can uh, then continue that thought, but then also then wrap up with her shortly thereafter. So I- until then, like I said, what a cliffhanger! And uh, mm. well, we may to never be know. continued. Here's your job, Terry. Get the and from her and tell us <laughs> next week. Okay, okay. Tune in next week, folks. Tune in. I demand you to do so all right, uh yeah, and then you know we, and we'll talk about it more during the after show questions about uh l l p d g a separate masters tour there's a master's tour going on, that's a Kelly Mcmorrin and where where that is heading and what they're doing is it po- is there a possibility of us having uh, exclusively the women having their own tour different weekends different courses those conversations continually get brought up some of them have a ton of merit and teeth and and meat to those conversations and then reality is that it's it's not there in a lot of ways so she's well, gonna she's gonna conclude her thought the last thing we heard was and was and welcome back welcome back Jen and- <laughs>
1: This is so much warmer my car. I should have been here a long time ago. I was starting to freeze <laughs> out there. <laughs>
3: all good. All good. Uh...
1: Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that they will change courses because I don't feel like Cut Hill and Little America are championship courses. I don't okay. think their courses, a world title, should be won on. And we have some incredible, talented FPO players that I think should be on the hardest courses. Which okay. – they have um, MP
0: fifty and sixty on. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, honestly. the 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 top women in FP forty are competing at the pro tour events anyway. You might as well put and, them yeah. on championship level courses. It's it, yeah. I, I understand that there right. can be some issues with some women and distances and whatnot, but I. I'm going to side with you on this
3: one. Now, the, the devil's advocate, the flip side of that, as I was saying, actually, when we lost you, was, you know, some might feel that it it feels a little self-serving for the longest thrower in the world to say, hey, give us <laughs> longer courses. I, I'm just – I'll repeat with the internet, you know, because the internet's always right. Yeah. No, it's not. But Which anyway, so I guess never... how, do, how do you address that? What do you say to that if someone says to you, well, yeah, of course she wants longer courses, look at where she has the biggest advantage.
1: Yeah. yeah that's, that's not it at all. And that's why I never get into that debate on, you know, i Sarah and I have now had some great conversations about, you know, the holes and shortening them and stuff like that. Um, and I usually always have always fade out of that conversation and battle just because I don't want to be looking like that person who's trying to fight for longer holes. my fight on that is, and probably cause Drew and I've had many conversations is, and I've watched a ton of golf with my mom. My mom and I would always just sit there and watch ball golf. And you know, they don't birdie every hole. Like it's not a bad hole because no one birdies it. That's golf,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? In ball golf, pars are sometimes great, and the bad shots are bogeys, right? Like, you're really penalized more. You're not hitting off the rough and still getting birdies like we do. And so I think I just don't want all of our holes to be softened so much that, Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is a bad hole because you can't birdie it. No, but par may be great, Um, and that's okay. And and I still like the par 54. And, I mean, I, I enjoy par 4s and 5s, but, like, I wasn't complaining. We grew up with par three, you know, 54, everything. It didn't matter. Sure. So maybe that's why I feel a little different on that. I do completely understand bad holes now. Distances. Mm. Right. So like it, it's a bad hole. If the distance should be a little shorter or a little longer to make it to where it's not an easy par three or, a, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I understand the bad holes on like distances need to either be shortened just a little bit or lengthened just a little bit. So it's not a tap in one or the other.
3: Yeah. And I was just going to say like the, to me, to, to perfectly illustrate that we look at, I think it was hole 12 at OTB where the FPO division plays the longer T and the mm-hmm. MPO division plays the 329 footer that has to clear yeah. the pond and obviously very parkable for every MPO player and then some, yeah. whereas the FPO division, would, that would be a totally different challenge and a totally different outcome if right. they simply played from right. 329. So you actually back you up, have a four or 500-foot hole where a layup gets you to the water and then you throw mm-hmm. over and it's played as a par four. Is that? Yeah. I think that perfectly Perfect. illustrates everything mm-hmm. we're talking about here. Sometimes a hole can yeah, be longer exactly. to, to make it more appropriate, and sometimes it needs to be a little shorter. So depends on we the were position.
1: we had this big discussion um, playing Kit Carson earlier this year for the Daniel mm-hmm. boat, but so it's it's hole two, but it, we didn't play it as hole two. We played it as okay. like hole seventeen or something like that. Um, Drew and I were really having a battle because it's like it takes two great shots and sometimes a good putt for the the three, which it was a par three. Um, so I was like, man, this really should be a par four. This is, you know, feels like almost a birdie getting, you know, the three on it. And a lot of the women all got fours and were okay with it. Mm-hmm. But his battle and he was the only two one time, the only two <laughs> of all the MPO. So I was like, that should be a par four. And he said no, because the men would all get a tap in birdie. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so that mm-hmm. that was where it was like, okay, either scoot it up a little bit or take it back um, because it was just a bad distance. So.
3: Yeah. And I'm, I'm just to quickly sidetrack. Uh, and this is very much just a side <laughs> note. Uh, as you're speaking of Drew and Drew Gibson, it's conceivable you could be his mother-in-law at some point. And I just, I, yeah. I, I, I just have to put that out there for the world. <laughs> I think many people know this, but
2: what, yeah.
3: uh, how, do, how does that, how does that, uh, how do you wrap your mind around that, that you could be conceivably, because he's been dating your daughter for a couple of yeah. years, uh, none one. of this is like a secret, one, one year, okay, sorry, one, one year, uh, one. but it's conceivable that Drew Gibson could be your son-in-law, just uh, let's let the, the world soak that in for a moment, and then you give <laughs> us your reaction to that.
1: Um, the funniest thing I think with that is the fact like when they first started dating, I got, um, wow, that's weird that he dates your daughter. Didn't you guys date? It's like, no, never.
2: I
3: mean, that's a little enthusiastic that you're saying that, but okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so there was, it's fair to say maybe there was some assumptions or confusion by the rest of the world then by some people, obviously, if they're saying that to you.
1: Yeah, because people think if a man and a woman go play golf, that they're probably dating. Yeah. Uh, I
3: mean, you guys like, hung out a lot, and <laughs> and went, like you said, you guys were hung in the similar circles. And uh, he had visited in Arizona. He eventually bought his own house in Arizona, so on and so forth. Yeah, uh,
1: before you, he was dating my daughter.
3: Yeah, so, you, so one could understand how you could someone yeah. could make this l- semi-logical leap to the idea, but obviously that wasn't the case. We were and then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying the world could make that leap and it was, it's not a crazy leap, yeah. but it just happened to be inaccurate this time, but you just could be his mother-in-law
1: 15 year leap. But yeah, I mean, I guess there's celebrities and there's people I guess well, maybe not just celebrities. I mean, I guess 15 years isn't like a huge, I'm just didn't, that's maybe the math isn't accurate, but close. Okay, Jen, so it Jen happen.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I think you would have no problem dating a (laughs) twenty young young man. You look good for your age. A
3: twenty-something year old? Yes. Are you telling us that's crazy? Maybe Drew's out of the question, but a twenty-something year old? Come on.
1: (laughs) Okay. Drew, I think just turned twenty-seven. Okay. And and my birthday's next Sunday.
3: Yes, we got a whole bunch of May birthdays. Like Mm -hmm. very high-profile golfers have. Uh, May birthdays,
2: well, uh, June. Oh, June. June. summer. Uh, oh, is it the first? The fifth. Uh,
1: Ricky and I. R- Ricky.
0: Then you're looking at two weeks. Yeah, uh, I was just kidding. You're it's, throwing me way. It's off It's almost then. two weeks then.
3: Yeah, oh, today's the 23rd. My bad. My bad, my bad. So <laughs> that's why I was thrown way last, off. I was like, wait, no, that doesn't. <laughs>
1: sorry. The last day of Portland.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So w-
0: when you dropped off, we were talking about.
4: And Airbnb, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
0: Ella Hansen is going out to, she went out to the desert through some fairly long drives and unofficially is just shy of 600 feet and we say, again, we say unofficially because I don't believe there was any sort of competition. It was all just how far can I throw and measurement. Would you consider going out and throwing again, or is that behind you now? Or do you feel like, and then on top of that, do you feel like Ella, we'll just say Ella or Holland, because those two seem to be the ones that would, might do that. Um, do you think one of them is going to take your title in the next couple of years?
1: I mean, it's hard for me, I would say, to defend it being I'm like 20 years older than them now. <laughs> but but when if you're Ellen dating, a, am yeah.
3: convers- <laughs> 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 just kidding. Uh, go on.
1: Uh, Ellen, I did have a little bit of a conversation. Um, I will say it was after a drive I out threw her on, <laughs> um, but we were... We were joking, you know, kind of back and forth about it. And she said she did let me know she was going to try to break it this fall. So I wish her all the best. Um, I wouldn't say like plastic probably hasn't changed much. Like, I mean, I, I think it's fair. Again, I'll defend this like I defend it every year. It was not windy the day that I broke mine. It was windy when the boys did, (laughs) but mine was on day one. Terry, you were there.
3: No, I wasn't, but we talked that night.
1: Okay. I wasn't
3: physically there, but you and I actually talked about it that very night. Um, You and I uh, had, I called you uh, after it was announced and we had a great chat about it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, do you care, I guess, about about the idea if, if it's set because it's, you know, if in, in order for it to be an official record and certain people have to care and right. be there, blah, blah, blah. blah. Do you care if if she says, hey, I'm going to make up a date October 15th. It's going to be in Nevada or in Utah or somewhere, Arizona, somewhere where, you know, it's it's logical mm-hmm. to have it. It's going to be here. They're inviting 10 people. We have an invite for you. You're one of the 10 that makes the list. Uh, and of course, assuming you have the weekend open, do, is that something you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there, or or will you absolutely. just okay, yeah? So you you want to yeah, be absolutely. there to to be part, yeah, yeah, and, and maybe break your own record.
1: I wish I would have tried again sooner. Like I wish we would have done that again when I was younger and healthy, because <laughs> I did feel like then. I could have broke it, maybe. Like, I wanted 600.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I don't think I can get 600 now. But, um, yeah, it's it's different out there. Like, you had to throw the disc, I feel like, kind of totally different. Um, and I think doing it just that first time, I didn't really have the knowledge or the practice, like, to do it. I think if I would have done it a couple times, like, Simon and uh, Wiggins, mm-hmm. I think I would have maybe... Got a better result? Maybe? Okay. Maybe not. Yeah. But that was I broke it on the first throw. Something yeah. about my first. Like the first throws. <laughs> I broke.
3: I, yeah, there's there's <laughs> something to be said there. Now we just need to put a basket like six hundred and fifty feet out there. And it, Jen, first it's throw. Easier. And then you, and I think then it's
1: you, easier to have a target. I think it is harder. Oh, sure. I don't like throwing distance competitions. Um I feel like I don't I just work an angle better when I have a target and a line, um, okay. so I, I do think distance competitions are hard for that reason.
3: Do you throw that much? I mean, obviously you you might you might release it on a on a different angle, but do you throw that much differently in your distance, like raw distance competitions did, versus a, a tee shot?
1: We sh- we definitely did out there. Okay, and okay. and I don't know. I mean. You would have to ask David that um, if that's something that changes, maybe on location. But out there, like we, you really threw huge.
3: Yeah, sky mesh. annies.
1: Yeah, huge, and and trying to really get it up there, and then let the wind. Like they were like, you, the disc has to finish to the right. Um, there is no out of bounds on the sides, right? Mm-hmm. Like at, at worlds competitions mm-hmm. and so it was throw it as far up to the left as possible and try to get it to just glide as far right as possible and that's something you don't practice and i will say i think after throwing that there and then going to distance competitions at Worlds, it always screws me up mm-hmm. because i want to think okay this is how i did it and you can't do that there. Yeah, cause, cause, <laughs> and
3: what she's referring to everyone is that at a Worlds, rarely have they ever been an official distance competition uh, uh, in that you could set a world record. They're, they're just a, long throw. They're right. essentially a long throw competition right. that generally will right. have uh, some kind of boundaries. Some are more have been yep. more forgiving than others, but generally there's been some yep. kind of boundaries, OBs left and right, that you have to contend with, whereas a, a, a raw... Wiff diff distance competition mm-hmm. you could literally throw in a 360 degree uh direction whatever suits you and, and it gets measured from there so that's why there's some distance differences and you know it'd be funny to see you throw i'll just make up a number 610 at a world's distance competition yeah. and you're oh, technically not breaking sure. your own world record in that sense right. but it would still be right. likely the long throw so yeah pretty pretty crazy um to to see these Throwers specifically, Holland and Ella are the two that, like yeah. as we just said, are kind of the front runners to challenge you. And uh, and like you said, you have a few years of experience <laughs> on them. But uh, yeah. it's something that I, I think like they're that. both excited experience. about. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and you're more experience,
1: of course. I don't want them to break it. You know, that's something <laughs> I'd love to have forever. But I mean, a seven-year stretch on it's pretty good. I think. I think so, that feels... If, if it gets broken, it...
0: What? As I was going to say, I, I, I think it feels appropriate. Like, a, a distance record, something like that, should be broken every so often, every five or ten yeah. years. I mean, athletes get stronger, they get better, the disc technology improves.
2: Right.
0: I, I'm really... It's really sad that the MPO one was broken the way it was because it's almost impossible at this point now to ever truly break that. Yeah. And and so the FPL one feels like a much better distance record that we'll have. And, and someone on the board has even said like, you know, talking about different things. And I said, you could maybe have it have different records based on different wind speeds you know hey i broke it from 0 yeah. to 20 or 0 to 10 and when i threw it it was you know you have an official out there letting you know like i have the record from 30 miles per hour up or whatever that might be it's it would be different difficult and different but i, I miss distance competitions and they just
1: yeah it's
0: like they're gone suddenly
3: like they fly right by you
1: yeah because yeah. of that because they they didn't feel like
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know the men's could ever get broken again and and Wiggins' family is the one that always kind of put them on. Ella thought Innova put them on. I'm like, no, Innova just has a lot of players that always tried to break them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I they, I mean, the big talk there for a long time was indoor-outdoor. Um, but I, I will publicly defend, again, since we're on the subject, that... People have zero knowledge and clue how difficult it was for those boys to, to throw those shots. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even throw the last day. It was that windy. <laughs> Double G barely could get it over 400, right? And so, like, the wind was just sucking them straight to the ground. Throwing a tailwind. You don't typically get, like, this great, you know, it's just, it's really difficult to throw in the wind. And so they they just Simon and them got just a couple of throws off. I would say you get five throw five throws, three runs. I don't even remember if they took all fifteen shots, but out of maybe like the hundred shots that all the guys threw, four of them went far. You know, I mean, it just it wasn't. It's it's just because it's windy. Was not easy. Like they literally had to get the exact perfect angle to carry instead of smash or rice so yeah. it's it's not as easy as people think like oh i can throw far in a tornado too well then
3: no yeah. <laughs> no no there, there's there there is obviously an element uh an in- insane element of skill and knowledge and background yes. and experience and a a, a degree of luck to some degree to hit, like you just mentioned, to have that many throws to hear someone say, well, double G, you know, had a hard time getting 400, for instance, like that should tell you everything that, that there is some luck and there's a skill set to doing it. And no, was it perfect? Uh, Obviously not, but
1: yeah. And just catching the gust, right? Like, because there's, you know, air pockets and pressures and different Mm -hmm. levels are, are blowing differently and you can just get I mean Pete is the guy. I was just gonna say to say thermals. Just
3: say thermals. And thermals. then uh, thermals. <laughs> All right. That's like our Beetlejuice word for Pete Euliberry is just say thermals. Cause, yes. And I'm not yes. making fun of him. He knows his winds because he glides no. these planes and he knows what he's talking yes. about. But y- you don't hear the term you can't you can't talk to Pete too long without getting uh, a little education in thermals. And yes. I'm it's here for true. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He knows. Uh, yeah, his wife's like a you know a airplane rocket engineer scientist Genius. type, and then he yes. knows too. So, yeah, yes. they know their stuff.
1: Yes, they know what to talk about. <laughs>
3: uh, well, okay. So if distance, uh, if the if the competition, and whether that's an Innova or a uh, or uh, a Discmania, which Ella might be driving that mm-hmm. bus, or or Holland yes. with Discraft, somehow it feels like it should ultimately come together in some capacity to potentially be a thing because as you know, maybe as well as anyone else in the world, there's branding and marketing and marketability that goes behind that both for Mm -hmm. the player and for, you know, to, to say that you're, you know, you've thrown a disc farther than any other woman of all time using, uh, you know, the plastic that you used within a, using a wraith, like there's so Mm -hmm. much to be said about all of that. That's those are all opportunities just waiting to happen.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the distance competition at windthorpe they really did a really good job to kind of try to make that huge again. So maybe mm-hmm. that's, I mean, it's not the best location, but yeah. maybe that's something they just get a diff, you know, certification out there mm-hmm. and, and try to start with that, you know, just try to make those throws really count. Sure. Is maybe a start to getting a distance competition back.
3: What do you think of the drones? I mean, Double G as a connection, and there's a few people now, but Double G, I think specifically, has a connection with a gentleman seeing those new FPV cameras and the drones that keep up with the disc in air and circle. What do you make Crazy. of those videos? Aren't those insane?
1: Crazy, yes, those are insane for sure. Yeah,
3: I'd, I'd like. I think everybody would love to see more. Of that i I feel like I could watch a hundred different discs do a hundred different things and be entertained every single time if it's shot with one of those <laughs> drones it's just uh, there's something and so I cool heard, about it
1: um, I heard a ton of positive feedback for the drone footage um last weekend. like people really loving the the drone footage
3: I heard that too um and mm-hmm. and as a quick side note that that is is a tangent to that is it's funny to see some people talk uh, uh, lots of uh, accolades of course I saw for uh, for Central Coast they're in charge of post-production for FPO and MPO at silver events and then some people you know arguably are like well this camera work is so much better this is better that's better not realizing like it's a lot of the same people same doing guys. a lot of the same <laughs> yeah. work and then you know and that's not to t- take away from anyone but a lot of the same cameraman worked this weekend, that worked the weekend before, that worked the weekend before. <laughs> so just so you know, your bias is kind of showing, showing heavily when yeah. he, you're yeah. claiming certain things are better, when it's the exact same people. But that's kind of a side note. Yeah. Um, but funny. I did hear that as well, though, that whoever did fly the drone mm-hmm. this weekend uh, was, I, I saw, <laughs> hit additionally the sweet spot. praised. Yeah. Hit, hit the sweet spot. I heard they were additionally praised. Yep. <laughs> I, I haven't crashed my yet, sure. so... Uh, all right, Jen. Now is the time. As if we haven't been a, a full blown uh, Innova commercial already, but no. Now is the time. We want you to plug how people can support you, where they can follow you, sponsors you want to thank. Lay, lay it on us, so everybody knows. Oh, now we, now you mute.
2: We mute you. you oh. Did you mute her? I didn't. I... Uh, <laughs> let's
3: hear from you and your sponsors. And and we cut goes, her Date. off. <laughs> Are your earbuds dead? No. Uh, we we don't we don't hear you at all. Like you're one hundred percent muted. Us.
2: <laughs> Tell us your sponsors. And we
3: cut her. No, no, we see you. Everything yeah. looks great. It's it's hundred percent okay. So she's going to something else. Maybe disconnect and then reconnect with us super quickly. Take out your earbud that's dead or something. I, I okay, we'll, we'll okay. We're gonna see if we can get her back. In we'll second. get her
0: back to to thank her sponsors in just a moment, <laughs> and then we'll let her. I'm, go. I'm guessing that maybe she un, when she unplugged her phone from her car.
3: Yeah, then it connected maybe Bluetooth to something else or this or that. We'll, we'll, we'll get her. We'll back get her back, back for her thank yous. I promise. It didn't. Oh, here we go. This <laughs> was like the oh. timing it was, was.
1: My car connected.
3: Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's what I just said. I'm like, I'm guessing the car connection happened. So go ahead and give your thank yous to all your sponsors and let people know where they can find you and support you and listen to you, all those other great things.
1: Well, you can listen to me on the PDJ podcast. Ah. So the PDJ radio, that's fun. Um, support me uh, buying the, those ama- amazing, incredible Ace Running and and Chains tour series at Innova Pro Shop. And then I think my Instagram's Jennifer one five three five four. So um, okay, yeah. perfect. That's it.
2: All right, Jen. Well,
3: thank you. Congratulations yet Sorry again. For it was. Like,
1: yeah, let's, oh. we couldn't get off the court. So,
3: no, so, you, you're fine. No, everything That's was great. fine. If there's one thing we know how to do, it's how to waste time until a guest shows <laughs> yeah. up. So don't worry <laughs> about that. Uh, but uh. The, again, uh, it was it was an a pleasure to be there. I'm so glad I got to be there in person mm-hmm. uh, Me too. and and walk around all three rounds to see how things went down this weekend. And uh, mm-hmm. congratulations is uh, is what Thank we can you. say. We wish you the best of luck this weekend. We know you've got some uh, pretty fierce competition and uh, in your age protected yep. event. And, uh, and then we'll know we'll see you back on the pro tour uh, in a couple of weeks as well. So thanks for joining us yep. tonight.
1: I'll be back at Portland. And I just found out today my incredible caddy's gonna fly back up. So dang,
3: sweet, great. Well, uh, you can't mess with a good thing, right? A winning ticket. Uh, see if you can punch it again. I love it.
1: That's what we're hoping for. All
3: right, All right. Jen. Have a good okay, night. Thanks guys. for joining we'll see us. See you in Portland. See ya. Bye. Good luck this weekend. Bye. Bye. Jennifer Allen. Are we gonna get her back now,
2: friend? <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh uh, uh, wow, awesome! I was just going to see if I can uh, put additionally put her Instagram handle in the chat. You should be following along with her, of course. Uh, it's, I mean, it's really great that
0: she can be a full-time disc golfer now. Yes, it took her many, many, many years between <laughs> children and work and moving and what that I know this was always in the back of her head and to be able to now to just focus on disc golf for the next few years or as long as she hopefully can, it's really great because she's had the skills for a long time and now she really gets to hone them in.
3: Yeah, and uh, we'll see if uh, she can be successful in on on multiple stages in the fact that she's going to be there this weekend. So best of luck to her. I also just put her Instagram handle in the chat, as she said, Instagram.com slash Jennifer15354, which, no surprise, is her PDGA number. That's pretty close to mine. Oh,
0: 14324? 14324,
3: yeah. Wow. Okay, so that means if we had to guess... So she was probably, what, 98,
0: 99-ish? Probably 99-ish. So when
3: she probably signed up. I think she was yeah. at the KC Wide o- or KC World's in 99, Amworlds,
2: so, I believe. Oh, we should be able to go back in time and just meet her. I'd
0: love
3: to know, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd love to
0: go back in time to meet and meet Jen Allen
3: back then, when when we definitely interacted with her, but probably yeah, didn't realize. It, perhaps? yes, hundred percent. Okay, so she did not play in the '99 M Worlds in uh, Kansas City, which wouldn't have been a far stretch. She was she played one advanced tournament, which she won uh, almost. Well, I was going to say almost to the day back in 1999. Mm-hmm. 24 years ago in 2000. Yeah, that's a good question as to when you or I. She played in, obviously, in Texas and in Oklahoma quite a bit. So even though she was playing golf roughly the same time we were uh, playing in tournaments, not really in the same neighborhoods. There was nowhere we would have seen her in, in the year 2000. I'm just trying to think of where. I knew
0: of her before I knew her.
3: Yeah, and so 2000. Yeah, I mean, she played a lot of... I I, I don't
0: think it was until the mid 2000s that I really, maybe mid to late, maybe 2009, 2010 is maybe when I kind of, maybe when I first met her.
3: This is going to drive me crazy to not. This is why we need Stat Mando. Mando. Where (laughs) where did our PDJ numbers intersect? And then did we talk at that point or might we have? Uh, 2010 World uh, Worlds. She played in mixed doubles. And I'm trying yeah Kansas yeah. City wide open. 2010. Were you at that one or was I at that one?
0: Ah, uh, if if was that I, the 20- that was the thirtieth Count, I- countdown
3: to thirty? No, nah, maybe it wasn't. No. Uh, so 2010 worlds we were at. I was at. You were at. Yes. That was in Indiana. So that would have been. And she finished in last cash uh, along with Liz Lopez. So we definitely intersected at some point at that uh, at that event. Fantastic. Okay, so there you go. A little walk down memory lane. And she will not be my mother-in-law at any point. We don't think so. No, I know so. <laughs> I know that will not happen. No, probably not. Okay. All right. <laughs> did we cover everything random that they're going to tonight on I, that? Oh my lord, I
0: I bl- I fairly certain we did. I
3: mean, let, let's face it. When you have an experienced old-school golfer that uh, knows all about golf and has uh, had some of the silliest adventures like we have as well. It's, it's kind of great to step back into that instead of, instead of some of these kids that weren't even throwing Frisbees when you and I first started <laughs> golf. They weren't even born yet. Um, it's a little bit different, that's for sure. Anyway, uh, any other A-tiers taking place this weekend that we must make note of? I saw James Proctor and Eric Oakley... We're playing overseas at, a, at the, what must be a, a, the uh, the SDGPT. Yeah, the SDGPT. Um, because I know it was presented by Clash, which of course they're both sponsored by. Mm-hmm. And I saw that it was taking place. I did not actually know the results. Well, I just knew they were playing. So well, now Johnny, you do. Spoil it for me.
2: Tell me what happened.
0: They crushed the field. Oh. Okay. So James wins by shooting a 28 under par Eric Oakley shot a 25 under par Alex Wemborg with a 20 under Dennis Agutzen with a 19 and you've got Elias Elias Elias
3: Grippler Elias the gentleman that kind of famously decided to throw it straight into the car uh, at the European open, like, Oh yes. And then also a week or two earlier threw it straight into a spectator. Uh, a, a spectator. And then the irony is that his last name is grippler. grippler. Yes. I spent some time with him. Uh, so I hope you're doing, hope you're doing well. Joseph Berg. I know. Joseph. Awesome. Okay. Tied with
0: fifth as, <laughs> as well as Elvis Erickson. Svivin. Uh, those Heck. are all tied for fifth, but yes, they went over to support Clash and play in that event. Get get an early start to the European swing. I don't know if I don't know how long they're going to be there. If they're going to play more of the European events or if they're oh, coming click, back.
3: Click I, on one of their names. Ah,
0: that's too easy, <laughs> I know, Terry. A, I know it's there's a whole three, click away, two, two clicks away, two clicks away. And what else uh, do they? No, have they're coming. Up? They're clearly they're, they're coming, coming back.
3: back. All right,
0: all it right. makes sense cause, yeah, actually, I, I actually did know Proctor was coming back for the Portland. I I did see that. But congratulations to them on on winning uh, over there. Uh, The FPO for that particular event, Sophie Bjorlake. I'm going to go Bjorlake. Sophie Bjorlake wins. That's all I'm going with, Terry, because anything else I'm going to demolish. Uh, But the other big event over in Europe was the EPT2, the Belgian Open 2023, powered by Prodigy. This is the second stop on the EPT, which is the European Pro Tour. No relation to the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Winning this one was Timu, you know that last name?
2: Uh, Talkanen?
0: I I would give you credit for that. Thank you. Uh, Tied for second was and he won by six strokes over Vile Oakis and Rasmus. Oh, God, really? <laughs> Rasmus, Rasmus, R- Rasmus S. S. Congratulations. <laughs> There's too many K's and an LP. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Rasmus. Yeah, you're getting that's, you that's all you're getting. Um, over on the FPO side, Terry, it is, line, eh? uh, uh, is
3: that a, a Nali? Uh, th- uh, we saw her at the. I saw her uh, perform really well at the the live event that was just a few weeks ago over mm-hmm. there on the tour, and uh, she was also on the lead card, and I I believe it was the lead card, maybe the feature card. Uh, feature, or, uh, I believe. Uh, uh, during the European Open, uh, the taller woman with the pink hair, and I that all of that to tell you, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Cool. Uh, uh, Anali, Anali. We should probably learn that one because I think we're going to see more of her. I believe so, And then too. Laura Posh uh, finishing in third.
0: So congratulations to the EPT. Remember, if you want to watch the EPT live, you can go to Disc Golf Stream. Um, we gave away – at Skip Base, we gave away a subscription to, to Disc Golf Stream. Terry and I have subscriptions to Disc Golf Stream. If you like live Disc Golf and you can't get enough of it, you've got the Pro Tour. But we've also got Disc Golf Stream. And you know what? Maybe Maybe you're a night owl. Mm-hmm. and you want to watch disc golf at 2 in the morning when the FPO play, that's a good time to do it. So Terry's a night owl. Uh,
3: I no, am. Nothing better than putting on uh, putting on some. Yeah, because if I want disc golf 24 hours a day, it's there for me now. It's,
0: it is there for you. All right. Uh, the Auburn Open out of Auburn, California. Matt Bell wins. Second place, Greg Barsby in MPO, and there's only one FPO. That was Kelly Schneider. Congratulations.
3: Chester Chris, shout out. MP 40 champion there.
0: And we're going to move over to the 32nd capital of Texas open in MPO. Mason Ford wins that. He's still at home. I believe with Val kind of staying local rumor has it. They'll be returning Val return of the Val at DDO. Yes. So that we should be seeing them at DDO. Hopefully everything's healing up really well. So Mason Ford over Blake Whitehead and then down in FPO. Oh, there was no FPO. So mm-hmm. never mind. We're not going not to talk about them masters. They don't matter, right? Mm,
3: wait, who's, who is the champ? Yeah, it, let's list the champ.
0: Oh, fine. Michael Infante. Michael Infante. Fine, Terry, you can do it. I will let you. I know there's,
3: there's one masters champ I got to call out here coming up. Keep going. No, yeah, go ahead with that. All right, <laughs>
0: we're going to do the – there's a lot of A tiers. There, there, it's a busy weekend. Lake Marshall Open. Prodigy presents it over in Montrose, Virginia. Braden Sides wins this one on the MPO and on the FPO side. Natalie Ryan continues her dominance in the A-tiers. So congratulations to Natalie. I know Natalie, they just dropped a tour series disc for Natalie. So if you want to go out and support Natalie, by all means, go ahead on Neptune Discs. The... We'll go right down to the Lincoln Flying Disc presents the 32nd annual Star City Shootout sponsored by Dynamic Disc. Another mouthful. I'm not going to repeat it again. MPO Aaron Hyeb I don't know if that's right. I'm guessing Hieb. Uh, I'm going to go. That's guess. just a guess. Though. I'm just going to go <laughs> hybe. I'm just going to make up an accent for it. Where to go, Aaron Hiaib. Uh Beating Logan Harpool. MP40 champ. I already know it. You, you go with the FPO. All right. FPO champ is Emma Arp. Congratulations, Emma. And the MP40 champ, Terry. Take it
3: away. Eric McCabe. And I did I was, see it in Instagram. I posts. was excited because I had talked to Eric as he was uh, actually in route uh, to the event, talking about how trying to make sure he's got plenty of points because he would like to play in the uh, the Pro Masters Worlds next year. And so he wants to make sure that mm-hmm. he's all qualified up. And he said he had really low expectations. Uh, going into a weekend like this, and he just wants to go play, make sure he's um, you know, getting some good and he reps in, and then he uh, wins. So, yeah, that works. That uh, guy's good yeah, he is. still. Yeah. So congrats to uh, Emac. And I, I know Emac was probably grinning from ear to ear because as I made the call during the MPO round this weekend, well, Philo and Ian were talking about they weren't too familiar with Carter, and I'm not going to claim that I know everything about Carter – except that I have seen a number of his Instagrams throughout the last couple of years. And it feels like every time I see him. Well, that he he is, he has matured significantly in the last couple Mm -hmm. of years. And he, what I've seen from his Instagram and some of his posts throughout the years have been about him challenging or, or challenging himself or whatever with putters and watching him throw like 400 plus with putters, like almost disgustingly easily. And so uh, that's what I had chimed in with at one point this weekend when Ian and Philo were discussing uh, if they, what they knew about him and, and that followed up by saying EMAC had talked him up years ago to me uh, when we had a conversation. And I just, I very much remember the name. So to see him break out and, Obviously, he's good, and he's played well, and he's very talented, but the fact that he went out, shoots the course record. 12-under. Throws himself way up into the, uh, you know, that much higher up in the cash on that final round. Nothing but congrats uh, to him, and uh, obviously putting his own name that much more out there. Another future
0: star. Yeah.
3: All right, so plenty of action. This just requires a yes or no, Johnny.
2: Hmm.
3: What do you think the answer is before I ask it? I won't change the question. Oh, God. Because I could. You could.
0: I think the answer is no.
3: All right. The question was, did you win your tournament this weekend? (laughs) The answer is clearly
0: no. (laughs) Uh, All right. Real quick, I'll I'll, I'll sum up. My weekend, I played over at the Zobel Open, which is in Green Lake County, Wisconsin. It's a great course. Uh, Very centered in the center of the state. Very center of Wisconsin. It's a difficult course, relatively, I don't want to say, not, not so much tight lines. There's a few of them, but just... A lot of trouble to be had if you get off the fairway. And
3: wild parsnip, probably. Is there any No,
0: it's early in the season. Ah. So while I think I... I wanted to see your face in it. Nah. (laughs) No, I don't believe so. Uh, This course is known very much for having... uh, Imagine poison ivy, but it doesn't itch so much as it just bubbles and boils and like burns your skin. That's what wild parsnip does. Yeah, that's great. And this course has... There's one area of the course... Which is like all the course, basically, that has it. And thankfully, we were early enough in the season where there were no mosquitoes and no wild parsnip, which was fantastic. Sounds good. I believe my first round, I shot like a 950-ish rated round. And I never looked at the second round. It was so good. Mm. Which I believe it was, was probably, closer the probably,
3: Aaron style.
0: probably closer to an 850-rated round. Okay. I started out. On a par five with a very ugly six, as I hit the first available. Um, you would know the hole, Terry. It's the L shaped hole. You go yeah, straight ahead, hole nine. Ahead, <laughs> hole nine. I clipped, I've heard of it. I barely clipped a tree on the right and kicked way left. And uh, from there.
3: Yeah, you gotta get around that corner. Or get oh, the no, corner. It, but it was the first tree on the right. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah. I, I wasn't that's what I'm even saying you gotta get you gotta to get, the corner.
0: I needed to get another 180 feet from where I ended uh, up and that just really uh, set my nine will get That really set my round off uh pretty well. And I think I think I honestly just ran out of steam. Yeah. Towards the end, my putting, which first round I didn't miss. I think I missed one putt inside the circle. Second round, I was just dinking, doinking. I airballed two I think under 215 footers, just airballed them. Hit the comebacks, but walked up and just I sat there, focused on it, and just airballed it. I don't know what happened. One stuck to my hand, but one either way. It was ugly. It was second round ugly, Terry. All right. And that's so all. The we answer need to again talk is about. no. You that, didn't win. I did not win. Okay. And I yeah, I didn't right, ex- I didn't we'll expect on. to. All uh,
3: right. Uh I think that covers most of what mm-hmm. we saw in terms of actual legitimate news or and or information. Uh you you briefly touched on it. Anything that's crazy out or of the ordinary for this weekend's Cascade Challenge. The I don't know really Cascade anything Challenge. about it other
0: than it's up in Washington. Okay.
3: Uh, Johnny nor I are working the event. And uh, so not to say we entirely check out, but it's oh. it's a little easier, at least for me, to mentally take a little bit of a break. It has been quite a few weekends now consecutively of either Mostly live with a weekend of post in there back in uh, South Carolina a few weeks ago. So to mentally check out just a little bit from some of the action, I am I'm good with that. But best of luck to the event organizers, to all of the staff and the crew, uh, both live, along with the post-production crew, Central Coast. It's a silver event, so it'll be, in a sense, a lot like what we just saw from Beaver Oops. State in terms of what's happening. Going to be identical. Things on the ground and, and whatnot. So best of luck to everybody out there.
0: The only other news we have is PDGA-related, and that is the nominations for the 2022 Bob West Memorial Sportsman Award are due in on June 9th, so if you have someone you'd like to nominate for the Bob West Memorial Sportsmanship Award, go to
2: the PDGA and nominate that person. Good call. That's about it, Tara. All right. That...
3: Uh sounds good. Oh Pi Pan, I didn't know the the conspiracy. Well I'm looking at some of the new approved discs and then just quickly scanning through a few of the names, seeing uh new disc approved, the conspiracy or conspiracy from PiPan Discs. Uh and then also right below that uh another PDG news. It looks like they're hiring uh software engineer, front end remote and uh, the back end remote. Back end remote. Uh, like so they got both ends. Yeah, front and back. Ends right. So
0: if, if you want to work in disc golf and you happen to be probably an engineer, a programmer of some sort,
3: reach out to the PDGA. Uh, speaking of which, and this is maybe for later, but I saw uh, Teo Pozzi this weekend. And, wow. Uh, that was an incredible blast from the past, which we'll talk about more in the after show. But, I hope you uh, said hi from me. Uh, just, yeah, just the fact that we are, there's a lot of PDGA disc golf where we are at this stage. Thanks to people like Teo Pazzi, uh, who, unless you're old school, he was, won't be a name that you'd recognize. And one um, of it the was very
0: first PDGIIT people. Yeah.
3: And just, uh, yeah, helping with live scoring and bringing so much uh, in front of everybody that we all now completely have forgotten about and take for granted uh, because of where we're at. But people like him uh, helped get us to where we are. All right, let's close it out. It is has uh, been Smashbox TV podcast 456. It's great to hear from Jen Allen. We wish her the best of luck this weekend as the Tim Salinsky U.S. championship will be taking place. And uh, also, well, the Washington event takes place, the silver event taking place uh, up there. Um, best of luck to all competitors next week. It sounds like we'll have some great options of people to talk to one way or another. Uh, in terms of some champions or some solid performers and finishers. For Jen Allen, along with Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. Join us in the after show. Stuff might get a little bit silly, or it'll be super calm. We'll see. Either way, we'll see you then when you step inside the Smashbox.
0: Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts,
2: please visit patreon.com slash smashboxtv.